I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm in a glass of iced tea and enjoy. As a kid growing up in the Deep South, there was always a Friday or Saturday night sitting around a campfire and somebody telling a story trying to spook you. I have to admit, a time or two, I got the hair raised on my arm. Well, I'm all grown up now. I don't get spooked as easily now. So this week, I thought we'd go back and share some of the stories of Bigfoot. So, Scotty, um, I know that hunting season is coming to an end, and actually, I think for this area, it's actually ending uh, tomorrow, right? It, it's over after that, all but the crying, wiping down the guns, putting them up for another year. And I have to say this year, I might be kind of looking forward to it because I have, like, over-hunted this year. Really? Yeah, like I've done over my share of what I normally do. I mean, when you're an avid hunter, and I know that you are, and I know that there are a lot of people in the South, there's a lot of people in the North, there are a lot of people in other countries that would call themselves avid hunters. So just so that I know, I mean, what would you say is the, how many times do you think you go in the course of a month? Ooh. See, it's kind of like a drug, Terry, and I'm hooked. Like, it's like the game and fish is my dealer. And uh, yeah, I've went every day. This Every uh, day? Every single day. I hadn't missed a day in the month of January. Not one. Oh my gosh. Now, I don't really know. And so for our listeners, how long is a typical hunting season? And I know it varies from region yeah, to region. but In our area, it'll start in October with bow season. And then gun season will open up in November and run through January the 31st. Okay. So, I mean, is it going to all be over but the crying? That it is time to pack it up and clean everything up for one more year. But at some point, it all comes to an end. Yeah, but it it is. And then it's withdrawals. Because like I mentioned a moment ago, it's kind of like a drug addiction. You go, at first, I didn't even want to go this year. I was, because, you know, last year I didn't get to hunt. I was sick. Right, well, you had had a couple things going on. I don't want to do that this year. That eats up too much of my time. I got other things that are more important. And I went a couple times. Then I started getting pictures. And then I had to go. And then I start seeing deer. And then it's like, well, I got to go tomorrow. He may show up. I got a picture of him at midnight <laughs> last night. And then it just grows and grows. And then when the season ends, it's, it's almost like a morning because uh, at around 2 o'clock, you get that itch that you got to get in your truck and go to the woods. And then you don't have that place to go anymore. So it's a mourning period. And there's going to be a lot of divorces probably that start that after the husband comes home again. I was going to say, I wonder if the women are also crying because hunting season is coming to an end. And not crying for what we might think, but they're crying because it's like, oh, gosh. Now now they're coming home and they're going to be home. Newlyweds complain. Oh, yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah, because their spouse is gone all the time. You've been married 10 plus years. They're like packing your crap and (laughs) saying, call Joe down the road and go hunting. So, it, you know, it's good for each other. Well, this is an interesting article that I think you pointed out the other day that in the state of Oklahoma, and, and I think that you probably can do a better job of kind of describing what's going on here, but they're actually trying to introduce a bill that will allow 
hunting, but not just any kind of hunting because they already have deer hunting. This is hunting Bigfoot. Yeah, and this is the first time, to my knowledge, and y'all correct me if you're out there and and you've heard of this before, but I have never heard of a state proposing to hunt Bigfoot ever. Do you think that that is all geared about our fascination with Bigfoot and why we can't just capture Bigfoot? It's that hunter mentality. Like you said, I had to go every day. We got to kill Bigfoot. And that's the problem that I have. Number one is, do we truly believe that Bigfoot even exists? And number two is, well, why don't we have to kill it? Well, I think the big thing here it boils down to it's money. It, because it is, it's, you know, like the people that get into Star Trek. They spend money, go to these conventions. Bigfoot is the same thing. There's people that eat this up. There's festivals all over the United States about Bigfoot. My, and, you know, we'll get into this a little bit. Well, there's Even, products that yeah. have Bigfoot on it. Yeah, there's uh, shows on uh, Discovery. I think Discovery's got yeah, some. Yeah, National Geographic. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I mean, it's big business. So I think Oklahoma is getting ready for this. And, and to tell you a little bit about it, and for the folks in Oklahoma, y'all know Representative Justin Humphrey. I don't know him personally. I don't know if he's a normal guy or maybe he's a Bigfoot chaser. Could be. I'm not sure. <laughs> but he wants to bring this in. He said it would be up to the Oklahoma Game and Fish to set the dates uh, to figure out when the best times were to hunt. But he goes, big thing here is there is a lot of tourists that would come to Oklahoma to hunt this. Now, out-of-state license, like I, I went to Texas not long ago, $330 later, they would allow me to hunt in the state. Now, could you hunt for the duration of that hunting yeah. season? Now, they offer like... But most people, if they're traveling from out of town, they are only there for a short period of time. Right. Now, maybe they a week. they offer three-day hunts. Like, I went to South Dakota one time and hunted pheasant. I bought a three-day hunt, uh, which was $180 maybe. And, but in Texas, when I went, I thought, well, there's always that small inkling of a chance I could go back in a year, which I did not, but I went ahead and spent the money. So I can hunt legally all year long in the state of Texas. But it goes on to this where the senator, and I assume he's a senator, he's a representative. Let me back up and say representative there in Oklahoma, that he wants, in addition to this, he wants to secure twenty-five grand for the first person who captures Bigfoot. Now, and it says captures. It doesn't go into uh, to saying dead or alive. It doesn't explain all that. But a $25,000 bounty on Bigfoot, that's that gets people's attention. So it's all about tourism, I guess. Yes. It's the driving force there. And we don't know if this is going to actually, this bill is actually going to pass or not. I would say most likely not. Okay, but let's just hypothetically say okay. that it does. I mean, do you think that you would have good old boy throw some guns in the <laughs> truck and say, come on, Elmer, we're going to Oklahoma for the weekend? Oklahoma. It'd be like the musical. Yeah, I think you would have some folks. but And I don't want anybody to take this wrong. But normal Joe like me and my next door neighbors and we all hunt, I don't think any of us really believe that Bigfoot exists until you watch one of those TV shows. Then you Then you walk away and you go, Okay, well, maybe I've been wrong all these years. but and, and I guess that brings up an interesting point. Is is Bigfoot real or is it a hoax? Because so far, you have to say that the evidence, and even scientific evidence, and there's, you know, there's an article that I just read that was in the National Geographic. Scientific evidence points to this is nothing but a hoax. And if it's real... Why has it eluded us 
for what we're almost we're talking about a hundred years yeah. i mean this was what big first bigfoot sighting is supposed to be in the early 1900s or something right. like that so it just keeps eluding us now then you've got people that claim that they've shot there's a guy that supposedly in oregon or washington state somewhere like that goes hunting with a buddy and i mean really and this kind of sounds like he he should be coming from the south he just they just drive up happen to see a bigfoot family he never even gets out of the car according to him he just rolls down the window puts a gun out there and shoots the baby well then he panics because mama's mad well he panics because it's illegal in the state that he's in and i can't recall like i said if it's in washington state or oregon but it's one of those and so he basically covers it up and leaves well then he comes back and thinks you know i need to get some dna this will prove that i have shot a bigfoot and when he goes back well obviously he didn't do too good a job of actually burying the carcass and something dug it up and obviously they've eaten on it and he can only pull a small sample of hairs which is exactly what this scientist in britain actually analyzes okay and And when he does he finds out that he you know they kind of confront this guy there's a show that goes on on national geographic and it's a guy that is a veterinarian and this geneticist or something like that this is his name is brian sykes and so He's a professor of human genetics at the University of Oxford. And really what he does is he uses, he's like, okay, let science dictate whether it actually exists or not. Let's quit going off of these footprint molds that we make, these supposedly video footage that we have, and they're always grainy and whatever else. He takes actual DNA. And I think that he ends up proving that this guy that supposedly just throws the gun outside the window and shoots it when the guy brings him a small sample is disappointed to find out that really all he has shot is a it's either a grizzly bear or a black bear but think about how many people if that bill passed would number one be in their vehicle trying to get a chance at killing a bigfoot twenty five thousand dollars is a lot of money yeah but that's to capture it and i don't know you know Some people may say, I don't care a thing about capturing it. I'd love the glory of killing it, stuffing it, being on TV, talking about my experience and hunting it. But I think about what idiots would not take advantage of that bill if it were to pass. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, because you could take this and go, well, I I thought it was Bigfoot. And so what would happen, Terry, if you're thinking the same that I am? I'm thinking that somebody's thinking this is the perfect opportunity for me to get rid of Joe. Yeah. You know, we've been feuding for years and I am ready for Joe to go. And so I'm going to say I was hunting in Oklahoma or let's say that it passes and it's a tourist attraction. We don't think anybody's ever going to kill Bigfoot because we don't think Bigfoot exists. So what's the harm? So we open it up in Louisiana. We open it up in Alabama, Florida, wherever. Somebody's going to catch on and say, you know what, if I had some sense, I'd get rid of my enemy. And I'd act like that, How because how many people, let's just pause for a second, how many people pretend that they saw Bigfoot, and then when you actually find out and the story unfolds, well, it's somebody that's in a Bigfoot costume. Yeah, that outfit. And I believe that, and I forget, it was 
what the name of that film is, but that original grainy thing from the late 60s that had Bigfoot walking across yeah, exactly. that cutover, I think that was all staged and rigged. Well, I mean, it's because people want the publicity. But what if you make the mistake and actually get in a Bigfoot costume because you want this hoax, you want this whole mystery of Bigfoot to continue, and you get your buddy to video, and you're going to get two minutes of fame, and something goes wrong, and you got Bubba who's out there hunting, and he actually shoots that's right. The guy that's in the the costume. Or better yet, getting back to my original statement, and that was, it's an opportunity for you to take out Joe. So you dress him up in the costume, and you put a couple of bullets in him, and Joe's dead. Well, then you got the perfect alibi. You can say, look, it was perfectly legal for us to hunt in this state. I thought this was Bigfoot. I had no idea that it was somebody playing the role of Bigfoot, and... I didn't realize I'd killed somebody, that somebody was actually in a Bigfoot costume. What you've got there is the perfect recipe for murder. You do. And is that really, I just wonder if Oklahoma were to pass it, and I think we all hope and think that the likelihood of that is slim, but what do we say, U.S. representative yeah. is actually got a bill to get this passed now, the uh, Oklahoma Game and Fish said most likely it won't pass. But, again, uh, you know, there's been a lot of these last few months. I thought, no, nah, that'll never happen. And it did. So I, I have a new outlook on life now. I, I would say that in today's world, I would never say never. Yeah, that's a great way to word 21. Because anything that you didn't think would be a possibility that would never happen in our lifetime, well, we're seeing it. So the possibility of some representative pushing a bill out there to hunt Bigfoot, well, we may be the ones laughing because the guy, you know, the joke may be on us. Well, it's passed. That's a huge tourism attraction and Oklahoma is booming. Now, our area also, uh, you know, I don't live in the, the town that I grew up in anymore, but if you break out a map, Wherever you are right now in the United States, maybe you're in another country, and you Google a little town called Scuba, Mississippi. Believe it or not, there's a story of Bigfoot there. He had a different name, and it was called the Hairy Man. And suppose, you know, my daddy's told me the story many, many times as I was growing up about the Hairy Man. You know, and I'd believe it. You know, it'd be dark. We'd come home I mean, and talk about would you be scared it. to death? Oh, yeah. Hair stand up on your arm. And supposedly this was back in uh, the 20s and 30s. You know, he was a little boy. And the scuba hairy man existed, and it was a family that lived down the road from us, and they parts of their family still live in the county. And he would catch a ride with them. They had an old pulpwood truck. You know, back then, during the 30s and 40s, nobody had nothing uh, anyway. So they had a pulpwood truck that didn't have a cab on it. It had a windshield, was about it. And they'd go down that old dirt road toward home. They said he'd run up behind the truck and jump on the back of the log truck and catch a ride for 10 or 12 miles and just sit there. <laughs> and the whole family just sat there and not look behind him because they knew he was there. And they said that, that he would come up to the farms and eat hogs whole, eat chickens whole. You know, it just rumored. And it was probably 10 or 12 people through the course of that 30-year period that claimed it was the hairy man. Now, one of the rumors that was cast out that there was a circus going through and there was a train wreck and some type of animal got loose. I don't know, but I've hunted all my life. 
I put out 10 to 12 cameras a year. I'm just like anybody else. You imagine how many game cameras there are in the woods, whatever state there is of people trying to catch a picture of Oh, yeah, of but we never seem no. to have any footage of that. It, you would have a picture by now, folks. We talk about Bigfoot, and Bigfoot is even referred to as Sasquatch. And Sasquatch stories, they go back centuries, tales of mythical giant apes that lurk in the oral traditions of most Native American tribes. I mean, think about that. That's even started in Native American tribes. You've got stories in Scuba, Mississippi, you know, Bigfoot sightings in the northwestern part of the United States. And you even have in the Himalayas, there's something called the abdominal snowman or the Yeti. I mean, that's big business there. Yeah. So you're talking about where you got big business, where everybody puts Bigfoot on a logo. And I think by law, I mean, I guess that it's not trademarked. I don't know. You can do that. Well, the same thing goes on with the Yeti. And there's been, I think there was, and I can't remember who the first one was or one of the first ones to actually climb Mount Everest. But it was a guy and a Sherpa and supposedly they're on this expedition, and I can't recall the name, but they go, and all of a sudden, they encounter a Yeti. You know, and they were thinking it would even be almost impossible for a Yeti to survive in that kind of wilderness, and that kind of mountain, yeah, climate, and, you know, just oxygen, just barely getting, I mean, the, the oxygen level is so low. But supposedly, there is a DNA sample of a Yeti And again, this scientist or geneticist from Britain does some DNA samples and, and believe it or not, what this guy describes is not so much a Yeti, but it's a cross between a grizzly bear and a polar bear. And think about it. You don't think of polar bears being in that region, but supposedly long time ago that was a possibility so, so i wouldn't have known that i don't know it just is crazy that all of a sudden are you gonna have in the himalayas well we're gonna have you know yeti season but I, that is crazy that to think that we're gonna have open hunting season for bigfoot it, it just never ends it yeah. never seems to end it's such a we're so fascinated by bigfoot yeah, it just it, there's no way it could it could add up. Now, not varying from the subject of that, but does the Loch Ness monster exist? You know, because that's another one of those things. Does that thing really exist, or is that also a myth? I, well, nobody's been able to prove that it does exist. Yeah, I so mean, we all have these grainy photos and whatever America's, else. Before you know it, are they going to have open season? I mean, we're so fascinated with hunting and killing something. Yeah, well, it's a challenge. You got to well, be the first and, to get it. Exactly, and so all I'm saying is. Lord help us if they do pass that bill, which I understand we think the chances of it is slim and none. But I got to tell you, I think we're going to have more dead bodies, more dead humans than we ever are a Bigfoot. You talking about lawsuits, you talking about people being arrested. I mean, that is going to open up a whole can of worms that I hope that this representative has thought about. Oh, it is. Here's an example here, and I've never been to this part of uh, North Carolina, but North Carolina has a uh, a Bigfoot festival every year. Now, it got canceled in 20 because of the pandemic. Interesting enough, as you go back and you Google this stuff, how did Bigfoot become? 
I read an article where the History Channel says it kind of began in 58, 1958 in California, some loggers that ran upon this huge footprint, and then a journalist saw it and wrote a story about it, and he didn't think much of it. And then readers got so involved in what it was that it starts getting bigger and bigger and more stories are written, and it's turned into this today. Terry, would you believe, I don't, have you looked how many towns have Bigfoot festivals? No, but I know that there's a fascination with it all over the U.S. Even there are, there was a sighting that supposedly happened in Russia. See, I didn't know that one. And I'm sure that there are other sightings in other countries that we probably just don't know about that somebody in another country that says, well, we have Bigfoot sightings in our country. I did think there was an, an interesting thing that was talking about in a Smithsonian magazine said that, you know, when you were talking about all the different shows that, are, that were on, and I think that you even talked about Finding Bigfoot. Yeah, that's a, and I was sitting here reading on this. I've never watched this, but this is maybe a, a weekly show, and I watched a, a few seconds here of where they went to Oregon, and they're convinced that they have it, and they want you to come to their festival also. Well, this is the interesting thing. This is, I think, Animal Planet is the one that actually carries the series yeah. titled Finding Bigfoot. And they said it lasted 11 seasons. I kind of feel like this is... Um, so is the show off now? Because the one I glanced at here ran in 2020. Well, it may be, but it says that it's ran 11 seasons despite never making good on the promise of its title, which is Finding, Finding Bigfoot. Bigfoot. So these people think that we're going to open up for you to have hunting season in Oklahoma. And probably they might as well go ahead and and jack up the cost of $25,000, I yeah. think they could safely say a million. They're yeah. never going to get anybody that's going to trap a Bigfoot. But despite that, the interesting thing is that the Smithsonian Magazine goes on to say that, and this is what I find fascinating, it says it lists at least one report from every state except Hawaii over the last two decades of reporting a sighting of Bigfoot. So Hawaii is our only safe place. Exactly, because Bigfoot's going to come and get us before you know it. It's been sighted in every state. I even read here in, in uh, Marion, North Carolina, they got a Facebook page. Uh, you can Google this and find it to where they're already taking vendors, signing up for the big festival. That's coming. I think it's July is when they're going to have it. So be ready. You can go there and find Bigfoot maybe. Well, apparently it's big business. And we need to come up with something, Scotty. We're looking at this all wrong. We need to create a monster. How about the hairy woman? The hairy woman. I like that. <laughs> and we start this campaign that we've seen the hairy woman. I mean, we have seen some women that would probably qualify there. I've tried to give people razors before. <laughs> well, I mean, there are probably some unattractive women out there that might qualify for the hairy woman. All we have to do is act like we've seen a sighting of one. And get this to be big business. Think about how big business is with Bigfoot. We're thinking about this all wrong. We are. And, you know, you're a bigger jokester as I am. And I, I think I've told you this. I don't know if we mentioned it in a uh, episode before to where you got a buddy that hunts. And, well, you want him to stay at that stand and not hunt another one. So you pull a practical joke where you go pull a deer head off your wall that's already mounted. <laughs> right. And you position it around the tree to where he just sees enough of that big horn to where he thinks – that deer is there. I mean, you could really dress up to be safe and 
carry two, three people with you to make sure nobody's going to shoot you and run past a camera of somebody you know. And, and then we start a campaign about how we have seen, what'd you say it was? The Harry Woman. The Harry Woman. <laughs> I mean, this could be big business. If it works for Bigfoot, if it works for the Yeti, if it works for what? The Loch Ness Monster. Right. This could work for us, Scotty. We well, just she, need to get on this. If she looks more like Pam Anderson, I'm thinking it's going to be a bigger hit. <laughs> no, I think this is going to be somebody that's going to be the opposite oh, of her. You're really taking the fun out of this. I had a, this image built up in my head, Terry. No, this is somebody that y- you would probably be cautious to take a second look. <laughs> but hey, this could be our new break. When Terry and I decided to do this episode on Bigfoot, or you want to call him the hairy man, I thought, boy, that's going to be simple. I'll just sit down at my computer, do a quick Google, I'll call somebody, probably get a big laugh out of what they've got to say, and we'll go on. Well, I sat down at my computer, and I've spent hours upon hours looking at different pictures, people's thoughts of what they believe they saw the hairy man. I've read articles from all over the United States, but one thing stuck out. The little small town that I mentioned that I grew up in, Scuba, Mississippi, has several articles that you can find on the Internet. Now, they date back to the 30s through probably the 1950s of sightings of the Scuba Harry Man. Now, this was long before I came along, but most of the names that are mentioned in the newspaper, I either knew as a small kid or I heard my dad talk about them. And of those people, they were really hardworking people from there. Not people that would make up stories just to have their name in the newspaper, especially at that point in time. Now, I have to say, I have seen absolutely nothing in my lifetime that would make me believe there is a hairy man or a Bigfoot out there. But I have to say, those few people that were mentioned in those articles from my hometown, I do believe they think they saw something. And if they thought they did, well, I've got to respect what they said. So I end this episode not with the chuckle that I thought I would have over people seeing things that really don't exist. My Sunday school teacher, Miss Thelma McConnell, once wrote that she saw the scuba hairy man once in 1957. She was a great lady. She went on to write books up until she was 96 years old before passing away at the age of 98. So I'll close the episode with a smile and side with Miss Thelma. And if you ever get a picture, I sure would like to see it. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. Until next time, well, you know a secret, well, you've learned a southern tale or two.